Hello, friends. I'm so glad you could be with me today as we study God's Word together in the Unfolding the Word ministry. We're in the midst of a study of 1 John. We're now quickly drawing to a close in that study. We're in the fifth chapter. We've begun looking over the last couple days at verses 18 to 21 in the fifth chapter. Let me read those verses and we'll continue on in our study. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and he has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. In these concluding verses within 1 John, we encounter a number of reminders, things that we can know. And the word translated know in the English versions here is the Greek word adon, oida, refers to factual knowledge in contrast to knowledge that's gained out of relationship or experience, which is the Greek word gnosis. God says, I want to end the epistle by reminding you of some facts, some things you can take to the bank, things that will be true independent of circumstances you find yourself in, independent of what's going on with your emotions on a given day. These are facts. Hang on to them. Trust me about them. Facts about trials, facts about the world, facts about the incarnation, and facts about ourselves. <laughs> We began in verse 18 by talking about facts related to trials, things that we can know. In the midst of trials, which we will encounter in this fallen world, God says, in the midst of it, I will protect you. I will protect you from yourself, from your own frailty, your own inclination in the flesh to fall into sin. And I will also be protecting you from the enemy of your souls, Satan. In verse 19, he reminds us of another of the knowing facts. That is this, that we can know that the world culture, the system we find ourselves in, is in the hands of the evil one. He is the one who controls that culture. The word world here translates in verse 19, the Greek word cosmos, that particular word is not a word referring to the physical universe, the physical earth. It's not a word that is a synonym for woods and fields and rivers and ponds and oceans and so forth. No, the word cosmos refers to culture, human systems, the interactions, the social context in which we find ourselves. We Earlier in 1 John, as I ended with yesterday, we're commanded in the second chapter not to love that system, that culture, and the things that are in it. That love for that world means love for the Father cannot be in us at the same time. And so we're commanded not to love that culture. Let's continue on talking about this command to know what's true about the culture and respond to it appropriately. We are commanded in the scriptures to live as aliens to that culture. In other words, not to conform ourselves to the opinions, 
to the strategies, to the mindsets, the worldviews of the people around us. Romans 12, 2 puts it very plainly. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God says, I don't want you to love the world, and I don't want you to get conformed to it. I don't want you to think like the world thinks. I don't want your view of life and your understanding of life, your understanding of priorities to be like the world's. Why? Because the world lies in the hands of the evil one. (laughs) The whole world lies under his power. God says, therefore, ultimately, everything that is tied to the world's view, the world's concepts, the culture's growth, all of the philosophies, all of the ideologies are more the product of Satan's subtleties in his working to foster rebellion against God than they are God's ways. Oh, there's times when a culture reflects God's ways, reflects something of the Judeo-Christian heritage that the scripture gives us, but it's more by accident than design. And Satan is always working to try to negate that influence within the culture and replace it with a man-centered and ultimately Satan-centered mindset and worldview. And God has to keep reminding us of that. He says, listen, it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what country you're in. (laughs) It is under ultimately the influence of the evil one. And the mindset of that culture is one I don't want you to conform to. I want you to stand out as lights in the midst of. The culture is under the hands of the evil one. Ultimately, culture, the world system we grow up in and live within, aligns with Satan, Satan's ways. Satan's ways ultimately are seen not so much in moral dilemmas as much as in saying we don't need God. We can be the God of our own life. Remember Genesis 3 and the temptation of Satan for Adam and Eve? You can be your own gods. You don't need to obey God. You don't need to live in relationship with him. Uh, Satan is constantly operating within all cultures in the world to foster rebellion against God, to push and promote human autonomy in the belief that we have the right to run our lives and to live for ourselves. It doesn't matter, again, where we are. And that is the reason why when you really come down to it, there's going to be a tension between the believer and the culture around them, a tension between the culture and the church, at least the church that's living in accord with God's word. What the world will see is right, God inevitably says is wrong. (laughs) And frustration and ultimately hate from the world system will be directed toward those that call the system into question. We need to understand that and expect that. And so God says, listen, part of the way we're going to do that is understanding who the world is actually under, how the world's mindsets were generated. And therefore, make a decision about where we're going to conform ourselves. Will we conform ourselves to God and his revealed truth in the scriptures? Or will we conform ourselves 
to the culture around us in its understanding of life and priorities. Who will you conform to? He reminds us also here of an important truth. There is no true freedom within the world systems apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, because all in that system, apart from Christ, as he puts it here, lie in the power of the enemy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 puts it this way, If our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the mind of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel in the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Satan, who is the ruler behind the scenes in the fallen humanity's culture, is seeking to keep people deceived and captivated. But he can only do that for a period of time. The world culture around us is in the hands of the evil one and is the product, ultimately, of his deceptive approach and fosters rebellion against God. We can know that. The next thing he tells us that we can know, we can know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. We can know, statement of fact, Greek word oida, that Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, has come into this world. The Word was, in fact, made flesh and dwelt among us. All throughout 1 John, the centrality of that incarnation, the Word made flesh and dwelt among us, has been underscored. God says, you can know, no matter what your feelings may be at the moment, that the Son of God has come. The incarnation has taken place. And you can know, therefore, that God's great plan of salvation, dependent upon that one who came into the world, has been unfolded according to God's purpose and plan. We can know the one who is the very Son of God. We can know why he came. He has given us understanding. We need to keep reminding ourselves that God has already intervened, doing that which was necessary, to redeem us and save us. <laughs> that we need to have factual knowledge about. Isn't it wonderful? We can build our lives around the fact that the one, the word of God, the very son of God became flesh and dwelt among us and then gave his flesh, his life to redeem us and to pay for our sin. Well, join me tomorrow as we continue to look at these final reminders, things that we can know and take to the bank. God bless.